Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Swing. And it's Monday again, and for me, it is a new year. And what I mean by that is last show, I was still 30. I have had a birthday since then. It was last Wednesday on the 21st, and uh, I was talking a little bit off-air uh, with with Icon and uh, and Granny before we went on here today, uh, I'm still waiting in the mail uh, for my AARP card to come. I thought they'd be a little bit quicker with that, uh, but I mean for for 31, I don't know, man. I mean I I think I might I think I might opt out of my lease, go into my retirement community and just uh, you know get used to bingo and. You know, well, honey, let me tell you something. Thirty-one, well, thirty-one is not old, Big Swing, because let me tell you something. Granny has a birthday this Thursday on the twenty-ninth, and oh, I'm going to be fifty-seven. So, honey, you are not old. I guess yeah, you're only you are. Right? Yeah, I'm sorry. You summer, are I said, you summer? I, said, I guess you're only as old as you feel. Well, yeah. I mean, you're just you're still a kid, Big Swing. You ain't old. And I and I tell you, I'm proud to say when somebody asks me my age, I'm not like some women who don't talk about their ages. I am proud to say that I will be 57. And I say that for various reasons because you know, back in 2004, I had a history with blood clots, and I had a blood clot go to my lung while I was in the hospital a month after I lost my daddy. And oh, wow. if I hadn't been in the hospital, Granny would not be sitting here with you wonderful gentlemen today doing this podcast. So I'm very oh. proud of my age. Well, yeah, and compa- and with, with uh, Big Swing's age and my age, uh, you know, and Granny's age, 
technically, I'd be a Mitch Carter, technically. Well, <laughs> I, I thought you, you're, 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 you're close to catching her, though, aren't you? I'm 41. Oh, I thought you were at least like 50-something. See, honey, I'm older than both of you, so, you know, I'm the oldest one on this show. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? You're still young. Like, you're still younger. You said you're turning, what, 57? You said 57, Granny? Yeah. I'm sorry? You said you're turning 57? Yeah. Still younger than my parents. <laughs> my my dad, my dad turned, uh... Uh, let's see, he was born in 59, so yeah, he turned 60, and uh, my mom would be 59, uh, my mom would be 58, 59, so yeah, I mean, my grandma alone turned 80 this year, so I mean, see, uh, I'm, I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I was born in 62, so, but I'm still older than the both of you, so, you know, yeah, I'm the oldest one on the show, so. Yeah, which is true, Well, but, you know, you guys, um. Let's uh let's get down to brass tacks and get down to business yeah. so we can get this show underway here, guys. Yeah. yeah. What is I it? Mean, what are we I, doing? I love talking about I love talking about birthdays and everything, but uh we do have a uh, busy show and I know that big uh, show tonight, big show. I know I know it's gonna be mostly uh Granny and myself, but uh you know, just keep an eye on the board and get the guests in. Uh you know the times that they call in. Uh, yep, I got you. We do have a big show tonight. Uh, we have uh, Jerry Jewell. Uh, she was just uh, in the movie Deadwood. And she was also, early in her career, she was in the TV show Facts of Life. And Wasn't Deadwood uh, a TV us, series also? Yes, and she also can tell yes. us what it is like to roller skate with Big Bird uh, on the uh, streets of Sesame. So we'll talk to her about that. Uh, we are also... Days. Yeah, and we're also going to have uh, uh, World's Finest Wrestling Federation on with us. And they're going to tell us about their organization. And we're going to have Murray Sawchuck. Probably one of the coolest. Yeah, probably (laughs) the coolest uh, magician uh, in Las Vegas today. He's going to tell us what it's like to make things disappear and uh, what it's like if he doesn't want them to reappear. So we're going to have some fun tonight. <laughs> uh, and uh, September is going to be an action-packed month because we got uh, actors and actresses coming on the show. We have more celebrities than any other podcast going today. And we, we're even better than that one uh, makeshift podcast up in Winnipeg, Canada that likes to air on Sunday nights. So we're better than that show as well. So I, I can't say enough about how good our show is. And I'm sorry, guys, I had to miss out last week. Granny is feeling better, by the way, but I'm sorry I had to bow out last week. Yeah, kind of short notice on you guys. I didn't mean for that to happen, but it happens. It's no worries. I mean, every once in a while, uh, you know, life life catches up. And, well, it's okay, Granny. I uh, I carried the show like always, so we're good. Yeah, he, he did. He's on you line. Know, we, we we did miss you. You know, it just wasn't, uh, you know, it just wasn't uh, the same to have the camaraderie with the heels that we had on last week. We we missed that. However, we, we were able to proceed. Now, you know, we'll have to uh, 
We'll have to make up for it. I, I don't believe well, we have, trust, we don't trust, have any heels trust on me, this Icon. Week. Trust me, Icon. Next week, I will definitely make up for it because I know one of the guests that we are going to have on next week personally, and I do know that he is a heel. So uh, Granny's all ready for that one. Now, my son is telling me that I have to be respectful to that guest. So we'll see. We'll see how respectful Granny is next week. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, we're just waiting for our guests to call in. I just want to let everybody know real quick what we got coming up in the next couple of weeks. All these guests have confirmed. Uh, next week, we're going to have Joey Gayton. We're going to have uh, the the beautiful, vivacious, model, Nikki Nikki. She's so hot, they had to name her twice. And we're going to have... We, we'll we give his nickname later, not now. No, I'm we're not going to give David, it away. We're, we're, we're going to have David Smith on next week. And in two weeks from uh, today, we have uh, Devon Moore, Chandler Hopkins, and we have Victoria Redstall. She was in the movie Nothing to Lose and she was also in uh, the Escape movie so our show is growing you can't stop us we're the number one podcast at least on Monday nights and I know that we're better than that that makes you show up in Canada up there so (laughs) there is no comparison just think if it wouldn't, if it's not for me, that show up in Canada wouldn't be as successful as they are right now. So that's true. A lot of the that's credit true. goes to me. That's true. Well, I can't say a whole lot of bad things about Canada, guys, because you know, as you know, this past weekend, Granny had her big state convention in Little Rock, Arkansas, for my mucilage, and our official visitor is actually from Canada. Very nice lady. Very nice lady. So, so you were in I can't. Rock I can't. Last yeah, I left last Thursday. After last last Thursday morning on the twenty second, and I got home yesterday afternoon about three thirty. Yesterday afternoon. And so, uh, guys, and our chapter, our chapter in Springdale, was. Honored as being the top chapter in the state of Arkansas, and we took first place in our program ad book sales. So Springdale did well this weekend. So and I got a, and there. I got a certificate for being one of the top sponsors. So I got a certificate for being it because I signed up five members this past year from May first of last year to April 30th of this year. So I was recognized as one of the top sponsors. So when you were out there, uh, you brought the, you uh, made that one song come too, right? I think I'm on a roll here in Little Rock. Little Rock, yeah. Yeah, and and I was invested with my Black Castle yesterday because now I am currently officially the new Deputy Grand Regent for the state of Arkansas for the Women of the Moose. Oh, nice. Granny has a very busy year coming up. So. The, the icon has so much talent he can sing too, just like Colin Ray. 
So you're like you're, you're like one of the leaders for the entire state then. Well, I am, and I'm a state chairman, and I'm a state chairman for the Moose Haven Admissions Representative, uh, Moose Haven Admissions Representative Counselor. I what and what that job is, like if anybody wants to go live at our retirement home in Florida at Moose Haven, I will help them with their application process. Okay, can you get me in? Big Swing, be ready. Our guest should be calling in shortly. You're too young, Big Swing. Oh, I don't know. You're too you're too young to to live there, and you have to be a member. Well, there's a couple different ways, but I mean, but yeah. So Granny has uh, many hats that I have to fill in the next well, uh, for a while. So. (laughs) Well, that's good though. It keeps you busy, you know. Yeah, yeah. As if I'm not busy enough doing everything that I do. For my moose lodge here, but you know, so anyways, but it's all good. So our guests should be calling in uh, shortly if they're not on already. They're not on right at the moment. Okay, all right. So they should be calling in the next couple minutes. We're yeah, hopefully they do here. Yep. So yeah, so we're gonna have some fun with Jerry. Um, you know, she does have. Uh, Cerebral palsy, and uh, she's made a she's made a pretty good career out out of that. And we're going to talk about that. Is it a three one zero number? Yep. Yep. All right, there it is. So uh, once again, I'm I'm going to uh, put the Yankee game on commercial over here, and I'm going to be jumping studios, but I'll have a headphone in, so I'll be listening. Uh, Icon, I'm going to put it through now. Do your thing, ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is our first guest of the night. She's going to give us the facts of life. She's going to finally tell us how to get to Sesame Street. And she's going to tell us exactly where on the map Deadwood is. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the greatest actor to grace the presence of our show. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the jewel in the aisle. She is Jerry Jewel. Ha. Ah. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hey, Jerry. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Now, tell me, was that not one of the best introductions you've ever had? I have to say, it was pretty amazing. Thank you for that. So, we're uh, we have uh, Jerry Jewel as our guest here. We have 30 minutes with Jerry, and uh, we're going to cover a right. Uh, wide range of topics, so we'll just get right into it. Uh, what I'll do here, I'm going to have you do that uh, liner first, and we'll go into the interview. Uh, okay. I'm not sure what line. Uh, the one I, uh, I I sent you, I texted it to oh, you. Oh, darn uh, I, Okay. Go ahead. Well, well, I'll have to look at it and have to hang up. Oh, well, then we'll, we'll just skip it. We'll, we'll skip it. Yeah, Don't let's worry about it. We'll skip, skip over that. All right, we'll skip it. Um, so, uh, first off, we'll, we'll start with, uh, we'll start with uh, Deadwood, and then uh, we'll kind of we'll go back in time. We'll kind of do a little time capsule here. So, you were in the movie Deadwood, a great movie, by the way, and a great series from HBO. How did you get hooked up with Deadwood? Um, the the series when it first started. 
Right. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, in the movie, yes. Well, the series started in 2003, and I was, I had spinal cord surgery, uh, neck surgery in 1999, and to deal with the chronic pain, I get Botox injections every three months in my neck. And in 2002, I was standing in line at a pharmacy. You know, I had no Botox in me. I was in a lot of pain, and I didn't think anybody would recognize me, so I thought I'd slip in there, buy the Botox, go to the neuro, neurologist to inject it. And I'm in line at the pharmacy, and this man turns around. He says, oh, my God, are you Jerry Jewell? And I was kind of embarrassed that he was. He recognized me, and I said, well, yeah. And he said, well, I'm a huge fan of yours. And I said, well, thank you. He says, you've inspired me. You've made me laugh. And I said, oh, well, thank you. And he said, but I haven't seen you on TV in a long time. What are you doing with your life? And I said, Botox. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, he said, do you want a television series? I said, no, wait a minute. This is a pharmacy, right? <laughs> and he said, yeah. In case you don't recognize me, my name is David Milk. And I, I was stunned. I said, the executive producer of NYPD Glue? And he said, yes. And I said, wow. I said, but come on, Mr. Milk, I wouldn't be a very good cop. <laughs> <laughs> He said, no, 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 no. I just signed a contract with HBL. I'm doing a new series called Deadwood, a Western. You want to do a Western? And I looked up as far as my titanium neck would let me, and I said, God, you have a quirky sense of humor. I mean, I'm standing here. I'm standing here with terrible poverty, a titanium neck, depending on Botox, and David Mills wants me to ride a horse. <laughs> and uh, he was holding his wood, and the only thing that he could find to write on was a prescription pad for an antidepressant, and he gave me his phone number and told me to call him. And actually, I was the very first character that was ever cast on Deadwood by David personally. Wow. That is awesome. Uh, That's amazing. Here. We got we got 26 minutes here left. I'm going to ask you a few more questions, then we'll uh, we'll kind of go around the room between me and Granny. Uh, we have uh, Big Swing here. Uh, he's he's on a special assignment. He may pop in. He may not. But uh, my next question, uh, we'll, we'll, we kind of go. We'll kind of go. We'll come back to Deadwood, but uh, I want to go back in time a little bit. Uh, when I was a kid, and I'm I know. Actors and actresses hate that when they say, I watched you as a kid, but I can't help it. My, no, my I, I don't. I, I respect that, and I, I'm flattered that you would remember me in that way. My my first recollection of you is the fact that you were on Facts of Life, mm-hmm. and uh, you were cast as Blair Warner's cousin. Of course, I wanted... I wanted to be her love interest, but of course that never transpired. But <laughs> how, how did you uh, how did you get the uh, how did you get the facts of life? How did that come about? Well, and how many I, episodes I, did you want? 
Well, I started doing stand-up comedy in 1978, and Fern Fields had heard me perform, and she had me perform in 1980 for the second annual Media Access Awards, and that night, Norman Lear and Charlotte Ray were in the audience, and Norman came up to me after my comedy act, and he said, you know, you're really funny, kid but you're way before your time. And I said, so wait a couple months. (laughs) (laughs) And he actually waited three months. And three months later, I was cast as Blair's cousin on The Fact of Life. And how many episodes did you do? I did a total of, I think, 12 episodes in a four-year period. And if I'm not mistaken, Charlotte Ray's uh, son, didn't he have uh, cerebral palsy as well or some kind of affliction as well? Charlotte Ray? Charlotte Ray's son? Yeah, her son. Yeah. Yes, he did have a disability, but it was not cerebral palsy. But yes, okay. he did. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought. I because I, I remember seeing an interview when you were uh, when you were talking about uh, the facts of life. And you were you mentioned that, and uh, the the cool thing about being on the facts of life, you know, you you know, was that where you got most of your exposure, or did you did you find that it was more your your stand up comedy that got you uh, exposure from, uh, or was it kind of like the- I would I would say that that gave me national fame that stand-up probably hadn't done yet. Um, yeah, it was overnight fame. It was, it was surreal. I mean, you can't even get that today because there's cable, there's a million channels. But back then, in the 70s and 80s, there was only ABC, CBS, and NBC. And if you were on a primetime series, you were known by millions overnight. Right, and uh, back in that day, if the president was on, your whole night was screwed. I'm going to ask one more question, then we'll, uh, we'll switch over to Granny, then we'll come back to me. But Jerry, Jill, we've got 22 minutes here left for Jerry. Um, now, did you ever put out any comedy CDs? Because I myself, I put out a comedy CD, and uh, when it, when it was, went on sale, it went aluminum. <laughs> oh gosh, I gone. I was wait I was waiting for that one one one. Oh my you know, I I never did. It was weird. Um I always had a hard time getting demos <clears throat> uh made of my comedy. For one reason or another, maybe it was the CP, but I I would move out of the camera's angle, and then it would get crummy to take. I could never get it perfected, you know, like an HBO special. I've never done that, and so I I do not have that, no. Uh, Granny, uh, we'll... uh... We'll uh, we'll circle you, then we'll come back to me. What do you have for our guest, Jerry Jewell? 
Well, first of all, it's a true pleasure and honor to have you on our show. I am Granny Holkster, and I, you know, I graduated actually, I was a senior in high school. I graduated from high school in 1980, but I remember watching The Facts of Life. I love that show. I still occasionally run across old reruns every once in a while. What was it like to work with Charlotte Ray, you know, on The Facts of Life? I mean, because I loved her as an actress, you know, and I loved all those girls, that, you know, Blair and Joe and Tootie and Natalie. I, you know, they were just amazing. What was it like to work what? with such an amazing cast? You know, truthfully, I you got to understand the age differences because between all of us. Um, oh, yeah. I was, I was the oldest girl of all of them. Um, when I got on the show, I was 23 years old. Lisa was 17. Uh, Nancy, I think, was 16. And Kim and Mindy were 15. So mm-hmm. you put a 23-year-old with teenagers, there's a big gap. But oh, yeah. I was a but I was a young 23-year-old, and Lisa Welchel and I actually became roommates. I was I was closer to Lisa than I was to anybody else on the show. Um, oh, yeah. Charlotte was, a, was much older than me, and she was more of a parent or an aunt or someone, you know, oh, God, you know, you're not going to call Charlotte up and say, hey, let's go to the movie. And I, I was blessed. Later in life, in Charlotte's life, um, in her last years, in the last 10 years of her life, where I got to know her really, really well. And I wish I had had more time with her when I was younger because she was oh, yeah. a brilliant, brilliant human being, wonderful person, and I have total respect for her. That's amazing. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I love that show. And it was always amazing how the girls were always, uh, you know, they were trying to find, I mean, somehow they would end up getting in trouble doing something or something would happen and they'd have to try to work their way out of their predicaments that they were in. I just, I loved, I loved that show. I just absolutely, it was one of my favorite shows. Well, because it was it was what teenagers did. It, it brought to the screen what teenagers' life was back then. Well, I loved it. It was amazing. So that's uh, what Jerry I got. Con. Uh, uh, Jerry Jules, our guest here. We got 18 minutes left. Now, for those of you who don't want to have your childhood spoiled. Uh, turn down your radios for the next couple minutes, and I'm going to ask this question. What? And I'm not ashamed to admit this. I actually fell in love with Jerry watching the TV show Sesame Street, okay? Mm-hmm. You got to roller skate on Sesame Street with Big Bird. Now. Yes, I did. After all this time, I finally have someone that can tell us how to get to Sesame Street. Tell us where that is and where you guys filmed <laughs> that segment. Well, it was interesting because uh, I was booked on Sesame Street, and they had asked me if I knew any other skill that <clears throat> I could relate to. 
you know, because you can't do stand-up comedy on Sesame Street, you know? So I said, well, yeah, I can roller skate. And the minute that left my mouth, I thought, why did I say that? I, I, I could ride a skateboard better than I could roller skate. I don't know why I said that, but I was kind of tied to it. And I thought, well, okay, I can do it. Piece of cake. It's Sesame Street. And what really happened was they flew me into New York, and we did a dress rehearsal the night before, but Road Road forgot the skates. So I did the whole rehearsal with Big Bird. He was on skates, but I was walking. Piece of cake. The next day when they were filming in front of a live audience of families and their four-year-olds, they had skates. For the first time, they put them on me. And I came out on stage going so fast, I thought, oh, my God, I forgot how to stop. <laughs> and I thought, either I'm going to roll off the stage and hit these kids, or I'm going to hit the camera, or I'm going to hit Big Bird. I hit Big Bird so hard, his head fell off and rolled across the stage. And oh, no. Oh, my God. These four-year-olds were crying, and Carol Finney... Who, who was the puppeteer inside Big Bird, put his head back on. He said, it's okay. I just had a little headache. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to film the whole thing all over again. So <laughs> I can honestly say that I am the only celebrity on the Stephanie Street that beheaded him. <laughs> oh, so basically... And, and uh, you know, uh, I, I hate I hate to hash this out. So, and, and uh, of course, when you're a kid, you don't realize it. But Sesame Street is a soundstage. I guess I had no idea they performed in front of a live studio audience. I guess I did not know that. Yeah, they did. Yep. Wow. Which is kind of cool. Yes, it is. Uh, Jerry Jules, our guest here. We got 14 minutes now. The next thing I want to bring up is uh, you're also a New York Times best-selling author. You have a you have a, a cool book out there. Uh, could you tell us uh, the title and uh, when it was published and how long it took you to write it and what it's about? The book is my autobiography. It came out in 2011. It's called "I'm Walking as Spirit as I Can." It took me a year and a half to write, and I'm actually writing another book because there's been a lot of life since 2011. So I'm continuing walking as straight as I can. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, Jerry Jewel, I mean, she is just, she is just a riot, folks, and I, I'm enjoying this. I, I just wish we had more time. So I'm going to make this 13 minutes go as slow as I can, and, uh, you know, well, well, we're going to keep going. So, now I got to ask you a couple ego questions because our fans knew this was coming. So I got to ask this. Uh, earlier, uh, I had, uh, you know, I sent you a little uh, collector's card I made for you. I texted it to you. What did you think of that? The collector's card. Yeah, I, I texted it to you with the with the young Jerry and the older Jerry. Oh, wait a minute. Was that on? Well, did you send that on my text now? Yeah. Okay. I I have been pre- 
preoccupied with my kitty and the vet. I apologize. I will look at that later. Okay. And uh, Yes, fur babies are very important, Icon. She's got to take care of I her know, fur I, baby. I, you I, should I know you have a fur baby. <laughs> yeah. We well, love our fur babies. I, yeah, I'm, and, I'm uh, a kitty mama. I have two and dogs. Other, and the other oh, okay. Hey, it's yeah. nas- isn't it National Dog Day? Or something? It, is it is National Dog Day. I think it is. Yes. I have uh, I, I have two puppies myself, and they're little ankle biters, and they're they can be they can be a handful sometimes. But uh, and the other question I was going to ask Jerry, I don't know if you're able to do it or not, but if I were to uh, Send you an address. You think you might be able to send us some uh, autographs for giveaways for our big December show we got coming up? Yeah. What do you mean, like uh, a photo? Yeah. Whatever. Whatever you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Just awesome. um, <coughs> text me. Text me your address, and I can get that done. Awesome. So, if our uh, if our fans wanted to. Uh, you know, keep track of Jerry Jewel and follow you and doing what you're doing and your appearances and all that. Uh, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a Twitter, you got a YouTube, you got a GoFundMe, you got a Twitch. What do you got? Well, I, right now I have um, Facebook, I have Twitter, I have Instagram. I'm just getting to know how to use Instagram, which kind of puzzled me, but I'm getting my, wrapping my brain around it. I I also am involved in a documentary that I'm producing in a part of called My Next Breath, which hopefully will be produced sometime in 2020. And I also completed a film called Care of the Bell, which will be Probably the Christmas season, because it is a Christmas story, and I'm working in a scene with R.J. Mitty from Breaking Bad, so it's kind of cool that we got to work together. So it's so it's like so it's a Christmas movie then. Well, it's a Christmas story. It's called Carol of the Bells. It's a wonderful story. Uh, uh, it's. I, I have just a very small role in it. I am only in one scene, but I play a nun, which was on my bucket list. I always wanted to play a nun or be a nun, whatever. Just a Catholic girl in me. Uh, so I got my wish with this film. And it, it'll probably, I, I don't know when the air date is or who's picking it up, but it's a good, it's a wonderful story. Well, you know, it sounds like that could be like maybe like a Hallmark Channel or like a Lifetime Channel movie, maybe. Yeah, that that's what I'm thinking. It's it 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 feels like a Hallmark Christmas special. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Jules, our guest here. We got ten minutes left with Jerry. So, with with all your with all your TV appearances and with all your movie appearances, what would you say has been your all time favorite event that you've been part of or show or movie that you've been part of? What's been your favorite? If you can pinpoint one. Uh, truthfully, 
the most rewarding was probably um, I Love Liberty, uh, which was a special produced by Norman Lear in 1982. And it, it was an amazing night. It, it was uh, performed in front of a live audience of, God, I think there was about 25,000 people. And it was an amazing evening. I played the American disabled person that night. And I was along the lines with Mary Tyler Moore, Christopher Reeve, Patty Duke, Jane Fonda, uh, Christy McNichol, uh, just Barbara Streisand, John Wayne. It was just an amazing, surreal night. And I think the most, like I said, the first episode of Facts was amazing. It was brilliantly written by Ann Gibbs and Joel Kimmel. I was proud to deliver those lines. Um, also, the Deadwood movie was probably the most challenging role I've ever had to do. I, I am just honored to be a part of that film. And in your, you know, in your tenure, you know, in the business, you know, uh, I, I was not going to mention this, but I, I, uh, I, I can't, I can't stop myself, but. You know, you mentioned, you know, you were on The Facts of Life and, uh, you know, you started, well, actually not, uh, you started in Facts of Life in 78, but uh, that's actually the year I was born. Uh, so I've, I've no, actually I, I started a, in Facts of Life in 1980. I started doing stand-up in 78. 78, yeah, okay. You started doing stand-up when I, I was born, and uh, uh, the first time I, I remember seeing you, I was uh, I was two years old, and I and I fell in love with you on Sesame Street, and I I. I keep, I keep, re- I, I know you hate me repeating that, but I can't stop myself because I, I, I'm always going to be a fan of yours and I'm always going to love you because you did everything I always wanted to do. I mean, you got to be on Sesame Street. I always wanted to be on Sesame Street. You, you know, you got to, you know, you got to be Blair, Blair Warner's cousin and you got to hang out with Joe Ponichak. It's like, that's all stuff I wanted to do. And, you know, I, my other goal that I always wanted, I always wanted to get grounded by Mrs. Garrett, but I never got to do that. <laughs> so, so, do you, um, you know, you mentioned you got the, the Christmas movie coming up. Uh, do you have any um, other uh, projects that are coming up that you can tell us about that you that you want to get out there and have people look forward to and be looking out for? What I... I just mentioned all the projects that I'm working on right now. I can't think of another one offhand. <laughs> you never know. And you're uh, you're always um, and you're you're always up for uh, bookings, right? You're all, you always want to try and stay busy, correct? You don't uh, you don't plan on retiring anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. No, as long as I as long as I can physically still perform, I think I'll always be performing in one way or another. And, <laughs> and you know, you're a you know you're you're a great stand up comedian. And do you still do a lot of stand up comedy, or is that kind of like on the back burner for now? Not like I used to, but I have the ability to do it, and. Uh, you know, it's a skill that I have, and I can always fall back on. And I'm, I would, you know, I enjoy doing it, but not like I did in the '80s and '90s. 
you know, where I was on the road all the time performing. No, I, I've been there, done that. Uh, Jerry Jules, our guest here. we got about five minutes left here with Jerry. So, in, in retrospect, with all that, uh, you know, you've, you've graced us with and all the talent that you've, you've graced us with, with your comedy and your acting, is there anybody that you've always wanted to work with that you never had a chance to? Um, no, I, I can't say that. No, no, I think I've, I, I pretty much done what I've wanted to do with my life, truthfully. Um, uh, it, well, I, I, I know that you've wanted to, uh, I know you've always wanted to be on uh, the radio with the icon so you can cross it off your bucket list now. <laughs> yes, I can cross that out. <laughs> See, you guys, Jerry loves me. I, I, I can't. <laughs> All right, uh, Jerry Jules, our guest here. We're gonna, we got, we got a couple minutes here, and we're going to wrap this up. And uh, Jerry, I do want to thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on our show tonight. And uh, hopefully, uh, if we haven't scared you away too much, that you do want to join us again at some point. And uh, when, when your next book comes out, uh, keep, keep me in the loop because we'd like to have you back on uh, to talk about your next book. And uh, we'll help you boost those uh, sales and get you to another New York Times bestseller for you. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you kindly. That is awesome. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, I know it's. Uh, I know that you got to get back to your your cats and uh, you know uh, all the other stuff that you're doing. And we do appreciate you being on the show. And uh, you've been awesome. And uh, uh, I can't wait to talk to you again. And I want to thank you from my bottom of my heart for being a friend of mine and being a friend of the shows. We do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Jerry. Bye-bye. Jerry Jewell, ladies and gentlemen, the the one and only. She told us how to get to Sesame Street. I've always wanted to find out, and now I know. Even though it ruined a lot of childhoods out there, I don't care. I had to ask this question. That was a good interview. Yes, it was. So our next guest should be calling in here shortly. Um, uh, so now, uh, so Granny, that was uh, that was kind of a cool uh, that was kind of a cool deal. That you know, I I mean, you know, you're, you you still do V Train show, correct? Um, I haven't been doing it as much. He's been making some changes, and um, he's been occasionally having. Other guest hosts um, helping him from time to time. Um, I did his Wednesday show probably two or three weeks ago, but um, I haven't, you know, because he knows my schedule's been kind of busy since I've been back from Vegas and everything. And so I haven't really been doing a lot of B train shows with him lately, but I don't know if that's going to change or, or what. So. Well, you know, and we love V Train. You know, he was on here last week, and uh, of course, mm-hmm. I'm being 
I, I'm being uh, Mr. Phil Time right now. That's P-H-I-L-T-I-M-E, Phil Time. Not last week. Uh, he was on the week before. Oh, yeah. Because I wasn't on before. last week. He was on the week before. Um, so, yeah, so with V-Train, uh, you know, he's got a great show, and he's he's a star in the business. The, you know, and I'm not taking anything away from his show, but the, I don't know, does he get guests like we do? Oh, um, he doesn't do a lot of guests on his podcast. Um, once in a while, he'll have someone on. But, no, it, he doesn't have, you know, like guests like what we do every week so you know and for people that are wondering you know it's like uh, yeah I mean yes we have guests and this is a wrestling show but think about this though the WWE here in Wrestlemania don't they also have celebrities on their show as well so I mean that's true come on. I mean it, it all goes hand in hand of course I I did have. Uh, I, I think Jerry may have made an appearance at one of the WrestleManias. I forgot to ask that, but uh, yeah. So hopefully, Big Swing is paying attention because our next guest should be calling in here shortly. So yeah. By the way, Big Swing, are you back? Apparently not. <laughs> I hope he's Apparently paying attention. He's- well, I'm sure he is. Uh, so. our, our guest has just told us that they're on the line. So I know you can hear me, and we'll go to you as soon as Big, big Swing puts you through. Um, so hopefully uh, he's paying attention. And, uh, Makes it kind of hard when you're having to do double duty sometimes. Yeah, I know. I know all about that. So, I used to have to um, do that a lot myself when I was on my podcast. Occasionally I had to do that kind of double duty thing once in a while. That made it difficult. So. So, uh, to our guest holding, uh, we'll get to you shortly, um, and then we'll chat with you. So, how was your weekend, Icon? I know you've been busy doing things, and I know you didn't, uh, wasn't WWE in Fargo not too long ago, or? or... Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I was a couple inches away from Alexa, Alexa Bliss's behind, which, uh, which is really, really cool. I know that big. Yeah, I know. I, I saw. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. He would have been absolutely jealous. I saw a few pictures here and there. So. I just can't get over how small she is in person, though. It's amazing. You yeah, know? she's not very big. I mean, she's kind of a small, small lady. So. Uh, I. Big I, swing. I, are you back with us? You got big swing. You got to put our guest on. Unless he has already, I guess, are you there? All right, we'll get to you shortly. Uh, we do apologize for the delay, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure this is just riveting radio for everybody, too, that's listening. 
Uh, you know, and I apologize to our guests that this is happening, but, uh, you know, when uh, the guy that runs the board is doing double duty, you really can't, um, hmm, there's nothing you can do about it, you know, it happens. Well, currently, if anybody's interested to, to know that maybe not be watching WWE, Braun Strowman is facing AJ Styles right now, so... Yeah, what about the change of AJ Styles? What about that? Oh, I don't know. You know, I I I don't really care for it much, but you know, it is what it is. So. So, Granny has been very busy lately at different wrestling events and having fun with that, so. And I I have a feeling that our our guests may be getting agitated because they want to come on and talk to us, so. Yes, I know, and we do apologize to our guests. We apologize to the fans. This normally does not happen. Because I know Big Swing's very diligently when he has to do double duty. You know, he's very diligently about making sure that he gets our guests on with us in a timely manner. Right, and this is, of course, is uh, taking away from uh, the guest time, which I, I I don't like to either. You know. So. So, anyway, uh, and I don't want this to cut into our celebrity guest. Well, we, we're having two celebrities tonight, so I, I don't want this to uh, uh, cut into, uh, you know, either interview because I want to go right to them, but uh, we got a uh, big swing. It's got to move. I know he said he's listening, so you got to move, man. So hopefully he will be bringing our guest on very shortly with us. <clears throat> and uh, I'm 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 texting him rapidly, uh, so hopefully he'll uh, pick up on that. Um. So. Hello, Big Swing. Are you there? <laughs> Earth calling Big Swing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope we're not having technical difficulties. That's bad, too, you know. So. Yeah. Nothing worse hap- happening when you do a radio show and you start having technical difficulties. So Because that I has know, happened. I, I, I hate that. You know, um, so yeah, this is uh, yeah, this is uh, really uh, very unusual. Yeah, this is really frustrating me right now. 
And uh, like I say, I do apologize to our guest. Uh, we, we will get to you as soon as he puts you on. So when you're on, I'll let you know when you're on that you can do the uh, tagline that we were talking about. Unfortunately, we weren't able to have Jerry do it because uh, uh, she had to hang up her phone. Yeah, so, it you know, it happens. It does happen. Yeah. So. So have you seen the new show that Steve Austin has out now on USA Network? Icon, we got a 3-1. We got a 3-1. Oh, we got we go. a 3-1-7 on the line. Yeah, he's been on for 10 minutes. Can you put him through? He's through. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. A little delayed, but uh, it's still okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the head of World's Finest Wrestling Federation. Go ahead. Hello? Yes, are you there? Nah, did, did you get that? Yeah, go ahead. Yep. Okay, cool. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, yeah, we'll have you do the tagline, then we'll then we'll interview you. Oh, I did the tagline. Did it not get through? No, it didn't. No, it did. Okay, I'll I'll hit it again for you. All right. Go ahead. Hey, this is Keith. This hey, this is Keith Miller. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Holster. Awesome. Awesome. So we have uh, Keith Miller with us. We got 22 minutes, and I do apologize. Uh, we'll uh, we'll kind of stretch. We'll kind of we'll we'll kind of stretch this in. But uh, you're with uh, World Finest Wrestling. Uh, tell us yes. a little bit about that. How long you've been in? Uh, how long your organization has been in existence, and uh, where you're located? All that good stuff. Sure, sure. Uh, so World Finest Wrestling had our first show in 2014 in Indianapolis. Um, but then, uh, because of building issues, um, we had a really good show. We packed the house, and they uh, wanted us to get a whole bunch of licensing and stuff, and like a stage performance license because we set up a ring, um, because they they said they didn't expect the event to be as big as it was. So we kind of had to not go back to that building and look for another building and blah blah blah. And it just kind of went on the back burner for a while. Um, then I moved down to Connersville, Indiana, which is um, kind of a mid-sized small town in southeastern Indiana with n- not a lot going on, and the community's kind of beat down a little bit here, to be honest. So I was thinking, you know, maybe bring WFW back and bring something into the community. And uh, so we've been, do- we've been doing uh, events here now for about a year. Uh, we only did four events in the last year, but we're looking to pick that up more. Uh, we've actually got another one coming up at the end of September. So basically, basically now, I mean, the idea was to get some wrestling going around here and uh, and get the give the local local community something to do, something to come out to on a Saturday night instead of running around on the streets and acting crazy. So you know, and that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of curious. You know, if uh, what we what we'd like to do for you is whenever you have your shows, if you have any uh, radio spots or any commercials that you want to run, uh, you can email them to me. I can email them to uh, the studio, and we can run some commercials for you and get you more people there. Oh, that'd be fantastic! I would really appreciate that, man. Thank you. The only thing is, you have to get us autographs. 
I can I can do my best. I mean, I'm sure the guys will sign stuff. <laughs> that shouldn't be a problem. So how, how many but, how many guys do you currently have on your roster? Well, um, we usually use around twenty. We've got about twenty twenty five guys who kind of rotate in and out. Um, some guys haven't been around in a while. Some guys were kind of are getting ready to leave. Um, we're really focusing on younger talent now. Um, so there's a lot of young guys in this area who are really hungry and uh, just really doing a great job of getting the crowd involved and getting fans to come out. And so we're kind of shifting gears to focus on uh, younger talent because we actually have our own building in a strip mall in Connersville. That's where the show in September is going to be. And it's going to be our first show in that building, but we're trying to build the weekly shows. Um, we're working on a contract with a local television station that I don't really want to talk about until it's final, but, I mean, we're sending them out a sample 30-minute episode. So it's looking like we're going to have TV here soon. Uh, we just got on IWTV. So, I mean, I think we're... I think we're growing. It feels it feels good right now. So, so I'm I'm trying to give some of the younger guys a chance and get them on TV and and uh, and yeah, I mean, I feel like we're putting out a really good product. It's just going to get better. So, so you know, you mentioned that you said your your next show was in September. Uh, yes. Tell us the the day, uh, when it is, where it is, what time it is, and if you Absolutely. have any matches set up yet. Sure, sure. It's uh, September 28th in Connersville, Indiana. Uh, the address is 2138 North Park Road, and it's in the old Renaissance Center building in the strip mall um, right there behind the old Burger King. So uh, the, the doors open at 6.30, bell time is 7.30, tickets are $10. And we actually haven't revealed any matches publicly so this will be the first time that I say anything about uh, any of the matches that are happening. So I might as well go ahead and, and give you guys the main event to make sure that we, we get to it since we only, we only have, you know, 20-something minutes. But uh, in the main event, Chris Caliber is going to wrestle Poison Apollo star. And uh, Apollo is our first champion. He won the belt in a tournament last uh, last June. And he's been defending the belt – he defended it against uh, Shane Mercer. He beat four guys in one night to win the belt in the first place. He's beaten Trevor Court. Um, he had a led an eight a led an eight man team to victory at our last show. So he's uh, he's been a really really strong champion. The fans love him, and uh, he is going to be fighting uh, Chris Caliber, who Caliber. Uh, it's been good for us. He's, he's had his first match in the, on, the, on our second show. Uh, him and his tagging partner, Donnie Idol, wrestled Tough Guy Inc., Bob Evans, and Tim Hughes. And then he picked up a win against the Spirits of Maya. And then he just beat Sizzle and Stan Styles, who is who's kind of on fire on the independent circuit. He's he's uh, getting around quite a bit for, out of Philly. So, uh, so Caliber is stepping up. Um, those wins and stuff have kind of given him a number one contender spot. And he's going to be taking on Apollo in the main event, so that should be a really good, good, good match. They're both veterans. Apollo's been wrestling for like 19 years, and Caliber's been around for 20 or 21, and they only wrestled one other time, and that was the Heroes and Legends of, uh, last year. So, so yeah, I'm looking forward to to that match. 
Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to ask you uh, uh, one more question, and we'll uh, let uh, Granny ask you a few. Uh, we got Mr. Sure. Miller on here. We got about 16 minutes here left, and I do apologize for the uh, truncated edition. But uh, uh, no problem. Now, do you uh, do you do meet and greets with the fans as well? We haven't done any meet and greets, um, but but now that we have our own building, honestly, we're going to have more time. So we're going to try to set up all kinds of things like that. We're going to. We're going to try to do more seminars. We're, we're going to try to do more meet and greets. Um, I contacted the boogeyman, but I did not hear back from him, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, we would love to bring in some of the, like, late 90s, early 2000s stars to uh, to sign some autographs and, and meet the fans and and introduce them to our our superstars and just kind of kind of get every, you know, get a, get a um, I'm trying to think of the word, like a, like a, a relationship going with the with the fans in the area. That's you know that's that's really what we want to do. So, and if uh, you know if uh, your fans that come to the shows want to uh, uh, chat with uh, the wrestlers on your roster, do they have the opportunity to do that? Or uh, oh, absolutely, yeah. Not- during intermission, no, during intermission, all the all the wrestlers are out there. Um, and you know it's a different era at this point, like. I used to say that the uh, the rule breakers, if you will, had to stay in the locker room during intermissions, but um, but now every everybody comes out really, um, and it's just we have a really family friendly atmosphere. That we get a lot of young kids at our events, and they get to hold the belt and they get to meet the wrestlers that they just saw wrestle or that they're gonna see wrestle, you know, later on that night. And yeah, we definitely. Uh, we usually do about a 15, 20-minute intermission, and uh, that's plenty of time for the fans to, to meet the wrestlers and, and have fun. So, yeah. Well, with that being said, uh, Granny, we'll move on to you. He's, he's got some rule breakers on the roster. So what do you got? <laughs> rule, break, rule breakers. Oh, Granny likes the rule breakers because, and this is Granny Hulkster. I know I'm not a wrestler just because I okay. have that gimmick name. I've had this gimmick name for about 19 years. I am just a huge, huge fan of the sport. But Granny awesome. does not like the heels. I can talk some pretty good smack when I have to. <laughs> awesome. And I've and I've done that pretty recently because what I admire about your organization, we just recently back in February, I live in Arkansas, I live in Springdale, and in Fayetteville, Arkansas, we actually had a independent federation start off brand new as well called WCWA and they have shows at the Fayetteville Town Center here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, down on the square. The last show that they did August um, 18th, I believe, yeah, August 18th, um, they had over 200 people at that show and that was only their seventh show that they did. Wow. That's awesome. And they actually have a training. uh, One of the wrestlers, Dusty Gold, he actually has started a training facility in Springdale called the Striker Facility where they actually – so Granny doesn't have to go to Oklahoma to see wrestling anymore. I mean, you know, I mean, I still go to Oklahoma to see wrestling because I have a friend that does independent wrestling shows for kids that have got cancer called Wrestling for a Cause over, you know, in the uh-huh. Oklahoma area. But I love the fact that wrestling now is locally, you know, you're talking about the local fans. That's what I love about WCWA because, and I that's what I admire about your organization, 
is the fact that you can provide that entertainment, you know, for the the local fans. And I love it, you know, here being like less than 10 miles from my house, I can go see wrestling on a Sunday afternoon, you know, and watch wrestling. And and that's what I love. So, real break, I want to, you know, what has been your most interesting i know i know you're just like the promoter of the of the organization and that's great i I love that what are what has been some of your most exciting matches you've had at your shows since you've been going well um apollo star and shane mercer was amazing like i honestly feel like that match could be on raw i feel like it was a tv quality match um the fans were so excited uh, I don't know if you know who Shane Mercer is, but that he actually picked up a set of bleachers and hit the Gymnasty Boys with them. Oh, wow. So, and that, that got on Sports Illustrated. Um, it was, I mean, at, right before he came to wrestle for us, he just blew up all over the place. So we had people driving. We're in, like I said, southeastern Indiana. We had people driving from Chicago, from Ohio, from way up north, from Michigan, just all over the place to see that match. And the crowd was just so into it. And, and Apollo and Mercer, like, delivered. It was just a, just an amazing match. So that match was, was probably the best one that we've had. But uh, the Bomb Shelter wrestles for us, and they always deliver high-quality matches. They just had a really, really, really good match, Satu Jin and Joseph Schwartz with um, Ron, Ron Mathis and uh, Bruce Gray. So... Um, and and uh, Team High Caliber and Tough Guy Inc. was really good. Uh, Chris Caliber and Stan Styles. I mean, we've had we've been lucky to have a lot of well, not necessarily lucky. I guess I pick good talent and match them up well together, you know. But we've had a lot of a lot of really high quality matches on our shows. So well, it's been, it's been I, a good I love so the far. fact I love the fact that you know the fans can interact. That's what I love about independent wrestling. Because we get that opportunity. I mean, um, WCWA, they had a new guy come. He made his debut. This was last month. And he was actually, he made an appearance as an extra on uh, SmackDown Live the following Tuesday night. And, you know, he came out and he says, you crazy old woman, why don't you sit down and shut up or get in this ring and show me what you got. So I kind of walked up close to the ring. I Brandy knows right. her limitations, and I've never been thrown out of a wrestling show, and I don't ever intend to be. But I stood up, and I'm like, well, I would, but I don't want you to start crying when I put you in a headlock. And, <laughs> oh, the fans started the granny chant. And then this last show, last uh, the 18th, we have a, a guy called the Definition of Definition Double D. Him and his partner Colt Kilbane were out there, and and of course Colt was telling me to sit down and shut up, or they, he was going to take my mashed potatoes and chicken nugget privileges away from me at the retirement home, have those taken away from me. And I said, "That's fine. I don't really like those, but you can't have my sweet potatoes." And man, everybody started the granny chant, and, and Double D's like puts his hands over his ears. He says. Quit saying her name. Quit saying her name. Well, the more he said that, 
the louder that the fans got. Sure, so sure. I kind of like I'm the little cheerleader out in the audience. I kind of help get the crowd going, and I love doing what I do. So That's I would awesome. love That's... to be able to see your show sometime. If I ever make it to Indiana, I would love to see yeah. your show sometime. Yeah, absolutely. My, origi- my original granny shirt says, what you going to do when Granny Hulkster goes crazy on you? That's awesome. And, uh, and actually, um, at our uh, – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say, at our first event in Connersville, um, <clears throat> this guy named Mason Alexander came out and uh, was really, really picking on a little a little girl. And uh, oh. Isaiah, Isaiah came out, and she was crying. And uh, he gave her his manager, Rodney Rush's sunglasses. And uh, and she was like, she was telling on Mason Alexander, like he's in the ring and she's pointing at him. You can see it right on our DVD, like she's pointing at him and going, you know, that guy was picking on me. And, uh, you know, I want you to beat him up for me. It was it was very cool. And you don't really get those experiences when you go to the bigger promotions. Like that's one of the best things about independent wrestling is the interaction between the fans and the wrestlers. It's right there. Um it's very rare that the crowds are so big at an independent show that you don't feel like you're part of it. Whereas, like, I've gone to, uh, and this is absolutely nothing against the WWE. They make a billion dollars. But I've gone to WWE shows where I'm so far away from the ring that I have a better view of what's happening if I watch the, the monitors that they have set up on the ceiling, which, you know, I mean, I might as well have stayed home and watched it on TV. You don't really get that feeling with independent wrestling. It always feels like uh, you're yeah, right I, in the middle I, I of it. Agree. So. I, I agree. And and I've actually been told by wrestlers and promoters, you know, we are so glad you were able to be here, Granny. You you yeah. helped make the show, you know. And, and there was another yeah. organization in, Fayette, or in Arkansas that ran for a long time called Traditional Championship Wrestling, and they used to – televised, they did TV tapings and I'm in a lot of those episodes and they still show the old reruns down Little Rock, Arkansas area, but um, I still that have people awesome. to even to this day, and they quit running in 2013, and I still have people come up and ask me, hey, aren't you Granny? Aren't you that lady on TCW? <laughs> and they haven't run in like over six, almost, almost six years, so. Very cool. Uh, Mr. Miller's our guest here. We got about uh, five minutes here left. Uh, I'm kind of curious. You know, as a promoter, how would you co- how would you compare your <clears throat> promoting style? Are you uh, a kind of promoter like a Triple H that likes to interject himself every once in a while? Uh, are you like a Paul Heyman, the loud and boisterous kind of guy, or are you like the soft-spoken, behind-the-scenes guy, let the wrestlers go out and do their thing? Oh, man. Okay, so I have uh, been the uh, the on-air owner, if you will, and I hate it. Um, <laughs> I'm a ham, and I like being in front of the crowd, and I have television experience, but when you're running an event, it's just uncomfortable because I'm in the ring like, oh, geez, what is happening backstage? Is, is the money okay? Are the concessions hot? You know what I mean? A million things going through my head uh, when I'm up there. So if I'm actually running the event, I'll come out sometimes and make announcements to the fans uh, when something really important happens. But I have a commissioner, uh, JT Branham, who's been in the business for geez, almost as long as I've been alive. And, and he's really good at, 
and taking care of, of the business out in front of the fans as far as, uh, you know, laying down the law to the wrestlers and, and, and setting up stipulations and things like that. So I guess I'll come out when something important happens, like when we announced our school I was out there, uh, any community-type stuff. Sometimes when we do a dark match, I'll, I'll do the dark match. I'll, I'll announce it because I have some ring announcing experience. But for the most part, I just stick to the back. I stick to making sure the fans are happy. I walk around. I talk to the crowd. Um, check on the food. Check on the money. That's pretty much where I'm at, uh, making sure that the wrestlers are ready to go when they're ready to go and that they know what I want from them. So, yeah, I guess, we got, I guess I'm uh, more Mr. of a – Miller here. We got Mr. Miller here as our guest here. We got about uh, uh, four minutes here left. Uh, you know, uh, I was kind of doing a little um, um, a interview there with you uh, for my ring announcer skills. If you ever need a ring announcer, if I ever get out there, maybe you can let me slip in there. How close are you to Fort Wayne? Uh, we're about two hours down from Fort Wayne. See, we actually next went up to Fort Wayne you... for Heroes and Legends, but what's that? Yeah, the next time NDSU plays uh, Indiana Do Fort Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne IPFUW, uh, I'll come out there and uh, maybe you can get me on your guest list and uh, <coughs> yeah, you know, give me a shout. Maybe. Man. And then the other thing I was going to ask you real quick here, uh, I sent you a, an address if if you could. I don't know if you're able to, but uh, we got a big December uh, giveaway show coming out. If uh, I don't know if you have uh, maybe some posters. You can have some of your wrestlers sign and autograph for our big December giveaway. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, you want some? I could get some DVDs autographed for you if you'd like. We can send you out some DVDs and yeah, I mean oh, that would cool. be awesome. Cool. And we got about yeah, two minutes here left with you, uh, no, so we cool. can do this here real quick. Uh, if our fans wanted to check you out uh, and follow you. You got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? Okay, so yeah, on uh, Facebook, we are WF Wrestling Indie. Um, and uh, on Instagram, we are World's Finest Wrestling. And um, all of this is all one word. And on Facebook, or I mean on Twitter, uh, we are WF Wrestling in Indie, I believe. Maybe Indiana. WF Wrestling Indiana. Possibly. Man, I should have wrote this stuff down. I'm always bad with plugging the social media. Um, but, or, you know, just do a search for World Finest Wrestling. We'll pop up. We're the only one. As long as you put in a, 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 an apostrophe, World's like it belongs to Finest. Except, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I'll tell you so. what. If you ever need help promoting social media, just uh, call the icon. He can help you with that. Oh, that'd be awesome, man. We have a... Uh, I got 5,000 uh, Facebook friends. We have a fan group that no one's in. Like, our like page is very, very popular, but our fan group might have 100 people in it. And I'm trying to figure out how to get that fan group going. Here's what I want you to do. How to get more people in that. I want you to go to our Off the Ropes page and my page. Okay. Scott Icon sure. Hammerest. I want you to post a link to those two, to, to that fan page. We'll get people there for you. Man, I appreciate it. Thank you. That'd be awesome. And you can and and my personal page, my real name is Lori Burt, but I have Granny Holster in parentheses. You can post that. Look for me on Facebook and post it to my page, and I'll share that as well. Thanks. And also Thanks. on I appreciate Icon it. Wow. Enterprises. And also on Icon Enterprises and the Icon. Uh, post the link there. We'll get people there for you, and we'll get you going. Uh, well, Let's I'll tell you what. It. I do apologize for the uh, truncated version. Uh, but I am going to have you on again 
And uh, I'm also want to get you on our uh, Sunday night show, and uh, we'll 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 promote you even more. Yeah, I'm always free on Sundays, so any Sunday I'm I'm available. So real right, will, real quick, uh, I, Icon, I wanted to ask yeah, him a question. When he mentioned when he mentioned Heroes and Legends and like Fort Wayne, yeah. Indiana, I'm friends with Jason Maples on Facebook, okay. and he's over that Heroes and Legends. Is, am I right, right about right. that? I mean. Yeah, we were up there um, right before our uh, April show, I think it was. Mm-hmm. We were up there, and uh, we, yeah, we had a match. We had a booth. Um, it was a good time, honestly. So yeah, we we were up there. We gave That's her awesome. Dane Helms one of our shirts because he likes our logo, so that was cool. We gave it to him right before yep. we headed to the WWE, so hopefully he wears it around. That's <laughs> awesome. People are like, hey, who's that? Yeah. But yeah, we were part of that. Um, the last one that they had. Yeah. We were awesome, man. I'll I'll uh, I'll send you a message with the address, and then we'll also get you booked on our Sunday show in the next couple weeks here. Sounds good. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Well, thanks for being it. on. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Awesome. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, it sounds like Big Swing is there. Uh, are you ready to put our next guest on? Yep, they're on. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is the man that made the magician scene in Las Vegas what it is today. Ladies and gentlemen, he will make you disappear if you do not partake in his magicianal shows. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the legend, the one, the only, Murray, the magician. Sasha. Hey, guys. This is Murray the Magician. You are listening to the Attitude Air Live with the host, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. Now, tell me, is that not the best uh, introduction you've ever had? <laughs> How you guys doing? Good. So, we have uh, Murray Sawcheck here, Murray the Magician. We have uh, 43 minutes here with you. Uh we're uh, we're gonna kind of go around the room. I'm gonna ask you uh, a few questions. Then we'll go to Granny. Then we're gonna come back to me and hit the hit the hard questions for you. So, sure. how long have you been in the ma- managerial business? The managerial business. In what sense? I mean, ma- magic. I, I can't say. I, I meant to say ma- magical business, but I, I was trying magical, to say Magical, yes, because I'm not a manager. I'm a, magi- a magician. So, yeah, I've been doing magic since I was about seven years old. So, I'd say about 35 years. And in wow. that, uh, in that, in in your 35 years, you've uh, you've gotten to perform with a lot of uh, people, and you've been on a lot of different uh, shows, correct? Oh, yeah, I've been very fortunate to be on probably over about 20, 21 different reality shows, you know, probably over 100 TV shows worldwide. So it's been pretty cool, man. And uh, you've been on, correct me if I'm wrong, you've been on Pawn Stars. Yeah, I'm a regular on there. It's my 10th season coming up, actually 11th season. And you've also been on Penn and Teller Foolis. Correct. And you've also been on, I believe... The world's greatest magic episodes, correct? Yeah, I'm still on that. It's my sixth season on that show as well. That is awesome. Now, yeah, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, uh, some of your uh, guest appearances, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll go to Granny, and then we'll come back to me. Uh, you know, 
I love you on Pawn Stars, but I got to ask you: Is are the guys as as they are in real life, or is it more like an act? Like, is Chumley really like he is? Uh, is Big Hoss like he is, or is that all like an act? Uh, camera. They're all they're all who they are, you know. Uh, Chum is a lot smarter than he plays on TV. He's a very very funny guy. And he's very smart uh, with himself as well as money, you know. But there's always someone on the show that has to play the fool, you know, uh, or the fool, you know. And he's the guy. But he's very funny. He's very natural. You know, it's unscripted. So he says what he says and thinks what he thinks. So he's a very funny person, you know. And over the years, he's become a very good friend of mine, him and his wife, Olivia, you know. So. I love Chumley. I love that show, Pawn Stars. It's amazing. <laughs> it's great. And we just signed, they just signed another 40 episodes. So they're... They're rocking it. We've been filming for the last few months, you know, and, and it's uh, they're going to have them out in October, I believe. And how did you get hooked up with Monsters? Well, I came off of America's Got Talent 2005, and they were going on the road uh, to do live shows, and they needed a host. And I'd done really well on America's Got Talent as a finalist then, and the producer who was producing the, the touring show was a very dear friend of mine, said, you know, you should really have Murray, um, you know, host your live show and so we met chatted and they gave me a couple of test runs here in vegas and a couple of live events here and then we were on the road for a couple of years you know and i was hosting their show basically was a meet and greet and they people would bring items up and you could see what people were bringing in different cities that we visited you know and then people would get to meet them and all that and then after a while rick said hey man why don't you just come on the show you know i, I think we need you on the show and we started chatting i said why don't you bring get some older magic items on the show, you know, I'll come on as the magic historian because I, I love history. I knew a lot about magic and that. And he says, that's a great idea. So since then, uh, I've been the magic expert on the show for, you know, going on, I guess, 11 seasons now. Crazy. Uh, Murray Sawchuck awesome. is our guest here. we got 30 minutes with Mar- uh, Murray. Uh, now, my fa- other favorite thing that you do is when uh, Penn and Teller fool us. Now, yes. When I when I saw you on Penn and Teller, it's like I know I know that guy. That's the Pawn Star guy. <laughs> That's the coolest magician there is. I'm not just saying that because it's you, but it's true. Now, it, it's got it's got to be kind of hard to have a conversation with those guys, especially when one doesn't speak. That's right, of course. And they're the sweetest guys. You know, they really worked hard, and they're phenomenal talents. And they're just really and you know Teller's a very very intelligent man as well. Uh, you know, when he's off camera, he talks a lot, you know, and, uh, and that's, a, that's their, their, that's their hook, you know, and it's really cool to be on their show, you know, and, and letting, have, letting them have me come on their show. And I also got a, I did a piece on that show, which is Mr. Electric and Mr. Electric was my mentor in magic. One of the greatest acts in magic back from the 1940s to the 1990s, he lit light bulbs in the palms of his hands and he played all the venues all over the world. He opened the Stardust Casino here in Vegas, you know. He toured Liberace for five years, and he was an Ed Sullivan four times a year, and uh, and he was my mentor, and so I got to do his signature piece on their show as more of a throwback, you know, and, uh, and it was really a cool moment for me. So, basically, your parents was pretty electric. Exactly, exactly. Awesome. Uh, I have uh, one more question, and we'll uh, pass it on to Granny, and then we'll come back to me. Uh, now... Being a world-famous magician that you are, uh, have you had a chance to uh, perform with uh, David Copperfield? 
No, you know, no one performs David Copfield. He's an entity of his own, you know. I know him. And about a couple of weeks ago, I just ended up uh, got it, getting an invite uh, to get a tour of his warehouse and museum. And he's redone uh, the whole museum. And it's, it's absolutely gorgeous what he's done with it, you know, from all of the different magicians throughout all the eras in the 18 and 1900s and all that. And he really has laid it out well. It's, it's unbelievable. So I got to see that a couple of weeks ago. And it was really cool. So, so but Dave is doing great. He's still rocking it and he's keeping busy doing a ton of shows here in Vegas. So he looks, it looks amazing for his age. He looks great. So. Well, and of course you're, you're just the handsomest magician there is out there. And I'm not, well, I'll pay you later. I'll pay you later, my friend. You're very kind. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Murray Sawchuk is our guest. Uh, we got 36 minutes here with Murray. Uh, Grady, what do you got for our guest here? Well, you know, like I said, I, I love you seeing, watching you on Pawn Stars, and I've seen the different various episodes of the magic. You know, the episodes where they have all the magicians on. I love, I love to watch magic. I, I, I think it's amazing, and I love Penn and Teller and. Uh, I sure. What I'm um, when you were like I mean when you started with Pawn Scars you know I know you know Rick's amazing Chumley Big Hoss but I always liked Rick's dad. Do you have any oh, the funny stories you can share about the old man? Because <laughs> I love well, yeah, you I know, love I loved him. He was he was phenomenal. He was amazing. Yeah, yeah. He passed a year and a just a little over a year ago, and we. We all miss him, and he was who he was. You know, you take him or leave him. And I remember we were in there doing a shoot one morning. It was 7 in the morning or 8. We were all there early, and we were in his office hanging out. And, uh, and he went there every day as business. You know, like, even though he's a very famous person on TV now, um, he loved the pawn business. All those all those guys do. Like, it's, a lot of people always ask, are, are they, was it a setup? Is it, you know, were they cast? And they weren't. They're really pawn shop brokers and owners, you know. And that's why they're so good. And that's probably why the show's still on the air, because they're brilliant. Uh, and they love being, if the show went off the air, they'd still be pawnbrokers, because that's what they do. And so I was sitting in his office once, we were getting ready to shoot a bit, and I was going through one of the items, just trying to kind of remember the history on this item, because, you know, you've got to share a lot of the history, and you want to make sure you get it right. So I'm sitting there, and the old man's there in his office, and he has two buckets of spoons and an empty bucket. And he's literally stand, sitting in his office chair, reaching into the bucket, rubbing the spoon and dropping it at one bucket or dropping it in the other. And just a huge pile of spoons in one bucket and then two empty buckets. Well, one for one thing and one for the other. One was for non-silver and one was for real silver. He was separating all the spoons, but he could just tell by the feel of his hand whether it was real or not. And he was separating wow. it, and he'd take those spoons of silver and then melt them into silver blocks and then, you know, make them into silver bars. You know, but it was very interesting to see somebody that famous, you know, that if he walked out of the store, he'd be mauled by tons of fans sitting back there counting silver spoons because that's really who and what he was, you know. Well, he was amazing. And I was out in Vegas not too long ago for a convention. I didn't get to see much of Las Vegas, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I would have loved to have been able to see their, their, their shops, you know, and everything. It's but, very um, cool. Yeah. It's open to the public and you wait in line and go in there. And, yeah. Yeah. It's oh. real cool. Well, that's what I've got, Icon. All right. Uh, Murray's right. check is our guest here. we got uh, 34 minutes here with uh, Murray. And uh, if uh, Big Swing will jump back in, he, he can ask questions as, if he comes back on. But uh, going back to uh, – and, and I, I hate to keep bringing up Pond Stars because uh, there's so many things that we want to uh-huh. we want to cover here, and we got so no. little time to do it. But uh, 
as their magicianal uh, correspondent, you could say, um, yeah. has what one item has like? Did they bring in like you're like, oh my gosh, what? Where did you find that? Uh, did you ever have an item like that? And and uh, have you ever had to uh, do the thing like when someone brings in an item and they think it's worth a million bucks? And it turns out to be fake, and you have to be the one to break the news. Can you tell us those two situations, if you've ever had those? Well, it's almost the same situation, one, to be honest with you. We had somebody bring in a Thurston song in half box. And Thurston was a very famous magician in the late 1800s, early 1900s. He was right at the same time Houdini was starting to really make his mark. So it was the early 1900s. And um, very famous magician, you know, a cop- the David Copperfield of that era. And um, this guy brought this box in, Thurston Song in Half, and we looked at it. We actually cut Chumley in half with the box. It's a very funny episode. And um, and the guy thought it was worth a lot of money because it looked identical to the one in the photos we had. But the, the sad thing is that the actual real Thurston Song in Half box was actually robbed away in a barn in Michigan. And that, that would never, there's no way this one would ever have been. And the, the screws and the bolts on the inside were not of the era or the year or the metal of what it would have been back in the day. So it wasn't. It was a really good replica, but it was not the actual box. Now, if it was the real box, thing probably would have been worth, you know, maybe seven to $10,000, maybe even twenty. Um, but the, the box is probably worth the weight in wood, which is probably about 250 bucks, you know. So, and that's just the wood. <laughs> Now, uh, was there ever the uh, an item that you had like the wow factor, like you couldn't believe that someone had it? Um, there are a few wow factors here. I think the big one was the Houdini straight jacket, which they seem to play a lot of. It's one of our close to first episodes, and this guy had this straight jacket that his um, his grandfather gave to him that indirectly was friends with Houdini's um, the grandfather, I believe, was friends with Houdini's brother, and he got this jacket. And I guess the kids used to play around in it. You know, the straight jackets are durable. It's canvas and leather, you know, and ribbons. And so he had it for years. He used to play around in it, and then finally he kept it. And he thought, well, I wonder if I should bring that in to see if there's any value in that. And so he did. And we looked at it, and I went and searched through my files. And would you believe I actually found a real photo from 19, I believe it was 1915, and I think it was Buffalo or Boston. I think it was Buffalo. And he was actually in that, same, that exact jacket. Now, look, he had tons of straight jackets, you know, and and each straight jacket was handmade, so every straight jacket was different. Even though it looked similar, the rivets were hand-hammered, so you could look at the rivets, and the way the rivet hammerings were, you could tell whether a jacket was a jacket or not. And so every jacket had its own stamp on it indirectly. And this jacket he brought in, I found a photo from 1915, and it's unbelievable because they weren't taking photos like we do today with our cameras and every two seconds we're snapping. You know, to take a photo back in 1915, it was a big ordeal. You know, you had to have the film and the, the big camera and the big flash and all that. And, um, and we found an exact photo, and it was the same jacket in that photo that Houdini was actually wearing that this guy had. Can you believe that? It was unbelievable. So he offered, I think, uh, I think... You know, Rick offered like thirty-five thousand or something for it, and the guy wanted forty or fifty, and he went back and forth, and the guy said no. And then later down the road, like a year and a half later, I saw that same jacket. I believe it sold for one hundred and seventeen thousand on Christie's auction. So, so that was a pretty cool thing to see. That was awesome. That's awesome. So we have uh, Marie Sawchuk as our guest. Uh, and by the way, you do have a, a cool last name. You know, it's like 
sawing people in half saw chuck. You know, you got I the know, saw, right? you got the chuck on the, you know, you got the, yep. the chuck on the drill. Uh, yep, of course. So, you you have uh, you have regular shows in Vegas. Tell us about your shows in. When you perform and how often you perform? Sure, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Las Vegas uh, weekly. I got a residency over at the Tropicana, a resort and casino. It's a Laugh Factory uh, theater, and uh, we do shows five and seven o'clock daily. It varies five days a week, and uh, we've been there for many years on and off. And we're back there. We just signed another year contract, so so it's nice to drive to work, you know, 20 minutes from my house and do a show and. Uh, and then drive back home, you know, because I was on the road for years and years and years. And I still am. You know, I still fly in and out. We just got back from Milwaukee a few days ago. And uh, I'm out to L.A. tomorrow. And then next week we're in Reno. Uh, but uh, but it's nice to drive to work here and have a show in the Las Vegas Strip. It's a pretty, pretty cool thing, you know. Uh, you know, and you mentioned your travels. How often uh, uh, do you do you – do you get out, uh, or do you, or do you prefer to be uh, closer to to home now? Uh, as time goes, I usually travel in the slower times of the year. You know, for us in in Vegas, there's dips and valleys in in uh, when people come to see shows here, and when conventions are in town and things like that. So we kind of know the flow of Vegas throughout the whole year. So we kind of map it out, saying, well, in May we'll travel, and September we'll travel things like that. So I'll start getting my agents working on other dates out of town for the slower times when it is, you know, slower in town to go out and, you know, do other dates. And I love travel. I love coming to the people of, you know, different cities and countries. And I, I love it. I love getting out of town, seeing everyone else, you know, in different areas. It's, it's nice. I toured for years and I, I tend to do it for a long time. So it's nice. It's just, you know, kind of nice to get out of the city and see some other folks, you know. And what would you say is your busiest time in Vegas? And what would you say is the slowest time in Vegas? Well, busiest time of day is probably the holidays in the sense of, you know, like New Year's, July 4th, anything to get away. People got time off, so they come to Vegas, you know. And the slower times is when people are working and kids are in school generally. So it's, you know, usually May, you know, September-ish, things, times like that, you know, when people are all back to the grind, saving their money for the next vacation or holiday, you know. And when uh, someone were to buy a ticket for your show, um, I don't know if you if you want, if you can reveal this or not, but... Uh, what do you usually charge for a ticket, and how long are your shows generally? Well, my tickets vary. You know, uh, prices between twenty-nine and and you know fifty-nine dollars, depending where you want to sit in the time of day and and you know air, you know the the year you're buying it and the day and the weekend, whether it's a weekend and that. But usually between twenty-nine and fifty-nine dollar tickets um, for, from VIP to general admission. You know, and um, and that's you know pretty fair. You know, you can also find the ideal week release on Groupon and things like that, you know, for the show. So. And uh, how uh, how many, how big is the arena? Well, it's a it's a comedy club, so it holds about 300 people. So it's a real nice size. You know, it's it's the Laugh Factory, which is a very famous comedy club, at least on the West Coast, and been around for years and years and years. And uh, it's a real sweet room, and it's been there for years, and it's it's great walking around that stage every night. That's awesome. We have uh, Murray Steve. Uh, Sawchuck is our guest here. We got 26 minutes here left with you. Um, so what? Uh, you know, it's uh, you know we're getting back. We're getting into September. September's right around the corner. The summer is just gone. I mean, it's like after the Fourth of yep. July, the summer is gone. What do uh, we have coming up in the next uh, couple weeks, couple months? Uh, what's on? Well, we have coming, like I mentioned. Uh, yeah, after the after the long weekend. Well, this this uh, month has been kind of a fun month because I just. 
Um, the third season of Glow on Netflix has just been released. Um, I did a guest starring spot on that, which is kind of fun. We had a real good time with that. Um, so that's been released this last uh, couple of weeks. And then on the road dates after the long weekend, uh, September the uh, 3rd to I believe the 8th, I'm at the Silver Legacy in Reno, Nevada. And then after that, I'm home for a week. And then um, September the 16th to I believe the 22nd, I'll be in Nashville at a place called the House of Cards. So if you're in Nashville or you're in Reno, I'll be uh, out those two different directions, you know, for a week at that time. And uh, I, I just got to ask you a couple ego questions. Uh, th- this is, of course, this is me doing this. Uh, you know, I made you a cool little collector's card and sent you that a messenger. What did you think of that? I think it's really cool. I, I love when people make me things. You know what I mean? I think it's cool and. People come up with stuff or make things or things like that. I think it's great. You took the time, you know what I mean, uh, to do something real and, cool, you know. And, and uh, I, I was also curious. I don't know if you can do this or not. I, I'd be willing to pay for a postage or whatever you need. But, uh, you know, we have a big uh, December giveaway show coming up. Would you, might you be willing to give a, uh, send us some autographs for some giveaways for our big show? Sure. You send me an address, and I'll sign four or five of my uh, my standard postcards with my image and my YouTube stuff on it. Because a lot of people – who are into the YouTube world, we just hit 1.5 million subscribers on YouTube uh, last week and over a billion views. And of course, my, my YouTube channel is Magic Murray. I know all good for age 2 to 102 on my videos, but uh, we can sign some cards for you. Just send me a good mailing address for you, and we'll get them in the mail uh, next week. Awesome. And then uh, I, I, I may be overstepping my bounds on this, but if I can ever get to Vegas, you think I could ever get a VIP pass? I will always take care of you. Never a problem. That's not a and, problem. Uh, I'm sure that I'm sure our fans listening would love for you to make me disappear and not have me reappear. <laughs> that might cost them a little bit, you know, but anything's possible. Oh, sure. Isn't that what Walt Disney says? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got very thought check as our guest here. Uh, now let's uh, let's talk about uh your uh your uh bag of tricks per se. Uh you know, as a magician, you 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 know thousands of tricks. What is the yeah. first trick that you ever learned? <clears throat> the one I the first trick I ever learned was the jumping elastic band trick. And I learned it from a friend. I also learned it from the back of a Cheerios box or one of those cereal boxes. You put elastic band on two of your fingers, and you show it, you know, that it is on two of your fingers. And when you open your hand, it jumps to the other two fingers on the other side of your hand. And it's a very cool trick, very simple to do. And when I teach, you know, people magic is one of the first tricks I do teach them. It's, it's instant gratification. You know, when you learn something, you want people to pick it up very quickly and easily. That's definitely one of the tricks you can learn quickly. And it's kind of a cool trick, you know, for people. And what is the your all-time favorite trick that you, you do? That's a good question. You know, I love tricks that make people laugh. You know, I, I love comedy. I love laughter because it's, it's a natural thing and it makes you feel good and people can't fake laugh you know they can but the cl- fake clap is easy but but to to actually you know laugh it has to be funny and i you know um i think one of my my cool tricks that i i like is the uh one i did for my father my mother and my father but my father on america's got talent 2005 and now my dad's passed. He passed about four years ago. But then he was alive and he was there. And it was a big steam train. I vanished on America's Got Talent. You can always find it. If you Google it, and it was an identical train, the one that he started working on the railway on. So, yeah, my whole family's in the railway. And so doing that on that live stage, you know, for him to see was, was a pretty cool moment to, 
to be this kid originally from Vancouver, Canada, trying to make it, and now he's got a show in Las Vegas, and he's on America's Got Talent. You know, it was a pretty cool moment to show a little bit of success to my my father and my mother. You know, so that's awesome. Uh, Murray Sawcheck is our guest here. Twenty minutes, uh, twenty-one minutes here left. Uh, and like I say, I, I I'm gonna try and get all our questions because I got uh, I got our fans that are chiming in. They uh, uh, that uh, yeah. would you be willing to take some uh, fan questions as well? Of course, whatever you need. You got me for the next awesome. 15 this minutes one, or so. This one comes from uh, Sawchuck is cool at Yahoo dot com. Uh, apparently, he's a he, he's a big fan. He he asks, what is your most complex trick that you do? I think some of the most complex tricks are probably the ones that look the simplest, you know? And I just, I don't know. I, I have a new trick I'm doing right now, which isn't out there yet, where I play tic-tac-toe with somebody in the audience. But the tic-tac-toe always ends up the same. And then it reveals a secret on the back of the tic-tac-toe with all the pieces together. And it's probably one of the most challenging effects I've had to deal with uh, in a long time. So I really got to think while I'm doing it and while I'm playing the tic-tac-toe game with the audience member, but it's a pretty cool trick. It's, I'm going to be debuting on a TV show or two coming out, but, but that's probably one of my coolest, newest tricks that I really got to put my head around. Uh, and then, you know, you mentioned, uh, we'll, we'll kind of, I'm going to kind of go back to Pawn Stars. Uh, do you uh, happen to know when your next appearance is on Pawn Stars? And will you be coming up well, on Penn & Teller again anytime soon? Uh, Penn & Teller, that was a one-time thing. I just want to do it once because I love the guys, and I want to showcase my mentors, uh, classic trick um but with Ponster, we just shot uh two more episodes uh, a couple weeks ago and i believe all the new Ponster episodes so they, they're shooting 40 new episodes um right now as we speak and i believe they're going to start releasing them uh, in october uh the next 40 so i think they're going to be up to like 600 or just over 600 episodes which is pretty unbelievable and they're in over 150 countries it's unreal so but uh, they'll be coming up look for it in this fall winter you'll see some new new uh New episodes and really cool items we we got brought on this year uh, for for the show as well. And you know, speaking of you know Pawn Stars and uh, you know being a, a famous magician, do you uh, do people recognize you when you're in public? Do they come up to you and say, "Hey, weren't you on Pawn Stars?" Or you know, I saw you on this. Or uh, do people do that? Or uh, is that not something that really happens anymore? Yeah, it happens more than than I um, am aware. You know, I'm, it surprises me. You know, what if I have the hair combed up like I most people know me for, and my black frame glasses on, which when I go to events or I'm doing TV, I'll wear. Um, I get stopped uh, all the time. You know, which is kind of nice because you work hard to be recognized. You know, people like what you do to stop you or say nice things. You know, you don't do at least I don't do it for that, but it's nice that they share their opinion. When I wear a hat though, and my regular glasses, I can usually walk by most people. Usually it's the kids that recognize when I wear a hat because kids are shorter than me. So they always see me from the chin up. So the hair isn't as big a deal. It's that visual they see. So that doesn't ever change really from the chin up because I kinda look the same, I guess. So kids still recognize when I wear a hat. When I think I'm you know, when I think I'm hiding, I'm really not. But uh, but once I have the hair up and the glasses on I I get stopped a lot because, you know, it's either me or it's not. There's not many people that look that ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember. We had somebody on the switchboard here. Um, a, fourth, a, a 431 number? I'm not sure if it's a fan right. or if it's somebody we were expecting to call in. But. All right, uh, Murray, would you, uh, would you be willing to take a call? Sure, why not? 
All right, bring him on. They're on. Uh, go ahead, caller. You're on with Marie Sawcheck. Go ahead. What do you got? Well, hello. This is Jordan Garber. Hey, Jordan uh, Carter. I got to start yeah, learning that surprise. area code. Yeah, uh, it's a so, four three one uh, or a two zero four. Mm. But it's four three one. This one is. So, uh, George, yeah. you have uh, you have a question for our guest, uh, Murray Sawchuk. Yeah, seventy. Yeah, Murray. I've been, I've been listening to the interview here. We have six people listening on the Facebook live stream. So there's a lot of people listening to the interview that enjoy it. Um, basically, all together, like if you could pick one thing in your career and take one thing away with it, what would it be and why? Uh, what if I could if I could add one thing to my career or take away one or well, say one more time for me? Yeah, like if there's one thing you could take away, you're only allowed one thing. You know, a bunch of uh, people came in and took everything, and you could only take one wrestling memory away with you or one memory in general uh, in your career. Yeah. What would it be and why? I think if I could take one memory out of my whole career and why, yeah. I think it's probably when I've had, um, you know, a make-a-wish child um, come backstage after a show with their parents, you know, and that was their wish to see a magic show because most people understand with make-a-wish, um, their lives are a lot shorter than most of ours. And um, and when they come back and and share their their uh, enjoyment of what I did on stage, and for me, I'm doing because I really love what I do and I'm paying my bills, but to them – it was a whole different reason. It was because they really wanted to see something that made them feel good and took them out of the real world of their pain or their struggle or whatever they're going through. And these are kids, you know. It really is something that really, you know, um, puts me back a bit, you know. Um, but but I think that's probably one the takeaway for me because when you can do something like that, it doesn't have to do with, it doesn't have to do with ego or money or anything. It's just a pretty cool thing when you can kind of take somebody out of the world of their pain and what they're feeling for a few minutes, you know. Absolutely. Awesome. Great stuff. I'm staying in until the end of the show. You guys can continue on here. All right. Uh, Mur- uh, Murray Sawchuk is our guest here. we got 15 minutes here left with Murray. Now, um, I-, I don't know if you- you'll, a- you'll want to answer this. I- you know, I'll understand if you don't, but probably one of my favorite, all-time favorite things in your act is your hair. You brought it up a little bit. Can you tell us uh, the hair, how it how it came about, and how you make it so uh, extravagantly cool. Well, uh, two part question. So, how I make it really cool? All you got to do is take a Viagra pill, put it in your shampoo, wash your hair with it. Boom, you have the hair. So that's that part. <laughs> uh, and if you believe that, I got a bridge to sell you in Arizona. Um, and uh, the other part is, you know, when I was growing up, I grew up with a lot, watching a lot of older stars. My parents were older. So I got to see, like, uh, you know, shows that you guys might not even know. You have to Google to figure out. But one's called the Lawrence Welk Show and all these other, Lucille Ball and I Love Lucy, all these shows I grew up with, you know, uh, Three's Company. And I watched all these people. And everyone had a very distinctive character from John Ritter on Three's Company um, to uh, Lucille Ball. Obviously, everyone, I assume, knows who that is, you know. Um, even Marilyn Monroe, you know, uh, but when I was growing up, I watched Phyllis Diller and Liberace and uh, all these people, and they had a look. Even if you didn't know who they were, they had a look. So I really went old school with my theories and philosophy of trying to become known 
before people knew who I was, I wanted to have a look. So even if they didn't remember my name, they remembered what I looked like and what I did. So I always tried different things with my hair and my look. You know, I'd slick it back, I'd comb it to the side, I'd color it, I'd drop it down, I'd wear a different outfit. And I remember watching Rod Stewart on a music show one time. And at the time, Rod was probably in his late 40s, but I was a kid, so I thought he was old, you know. And I looked at him and said, man, he's an older guy with that cool hair. And that's his look. No one has that. I thought, you know what, no one in magic has that look as well. And, of course, I was a huge fan of Phyllis Diller, and she had the messy hair look as well. And I thought, you know, I want to be the first magician to have hair like this in magic and stand out. So I did. I started doing my hair like that. I did it for Halloween one night. Uh, for a Halloween party years ago back in Canada and the girls were like wow you look you know you look kind of cute with your hair like that you kind of look kind of good and then I remember I was camping once with my high school friends and we all you know a few girls few guys we were all camped in the back of our trucks and I got up to make coffee in the morning around the fire you know eight in the morning or whatever my hair was a mess and I never messy it was when I combed my hair and a couple of girls were like you know you look really cute with your hair messy like that and I thought well if it looked messy at 8 a.m. in the morning I'm sure it could look cute at 8 p.m. in the evening at a show so that's how the messy hair thing came around. And then I started wanting a look, and I needed glasses in my earlier mid-20s. I only wore glasses off stage and contacts on stage. So one of my agents, uh, a guy named Chuck Harris, he said, Murray, why don't you wear your glasses on stage? It's very Andy Warhol. It has that very cool, nerdy look. I said, you know, I might do that. So I started doing that, and it became more of my look. And I started wearing blue all the time because the blue really made my blonde hair pop. And that's kind of how my whole look kind of came about. So... Most of the times you'll see me wear a touch of blue somewhere and always my hair, you know, messed up with the black frame glasses. So that's kind of how it all happened. Well, you know, it's funny how you mentioned Lawrence Welk. You know, uh, I'm from Fargo, North Dakota, and Lawrence Welk is from North Dakota. So, uh, oh, that's right. You know, so you know him. Yeah, they, uh, they, they still have Lawrence Welk uh, on Sunday afternoon here in North Dakota every I Sunday. I love it. So, uh, I love it. A lot of people don't realize that he's passed, but uh, yes. <laughs> he's still pretty yeah, What popular. a legend, though. What a legend. His show, I think, to this date still holds the most um, episodes it's ever been on television, I believe. I could be wrong on this. But um, but his show was the one of the longest-running uh, television shows ever. I think it was like 39 years or something ridiculous. Exactly. So... We have uh, Murray Sawchuck is our guest here. Uh, we got 11 minutes here left. Uh, Big Swing, if you're still on, uh, do you have any questions for our guest? Well, I mean, um, he covered a lot of it. I mean, and, and like I said, um, that that was yeah, – I'm not always there, Murray, uh, on the show like this because I, I have the Yankees I'm doing tonight here at the ESPN uh, Studios, and I had to jump to the oh, other nice. one. So I wasn't on for all of them, but uh, – I was listening. I just couldn't always have a microphone in front of me. But uh, so you covered a lot. I, and, yeah, out here we got to. Yeah, yeah I'm way, I'm over here in New York, and um, you know it's it's a big it's a big thing over here. But um, the the thing is, is uh, I was watching a lot of your YouTube videos, and I was even watching them before. At Icon, is that you making that noise over there? Yeah, I'm gonna mute you real quick. Um, I was watching the, your YouTube videos even before I knew you were coming on. And I guess the main thing is when you do something like Penn and Teller, or you do something like a big show in Vegas, an arena show, uh, or or something like that. And, or you have your street magic, like you're having a lot of your videos, you're walking up and down the street. 
doing tricks for people or you're, you know, at the pool showing people stuff. Are you doing this? You're doing that. Uh, I watched your angry security guard prank video, which is kind of funny. Um, why do you like, like, which one do you prefer? Which one gives you the most thrill and rush? And, um, which, you know, which, which one kind of makes you, you know, want to, want to do more of it? Well, you know, I've always tried to look at what's changing and what, what's going with the times, you know, and when reality TV came around, I thought, I don't know if I want to do that. And I realized, wait a minute, I should do that. Cause that's a totally cool thing and nobody ever thought reality TV would stay around and it obviously has um, so I jumped on that and you know did a ton of shows on reality and then you know live shows of course I've always been pushing live but Vegas has always been the mecca for magicians so I worked my way down here and learned the system you know and I've been very fortunate to have a show in the strip for years now and and then I always look for the next thing like it's like, kind of like playing pool you know if you ever play pool and you're you know a standard pool game when you shoot the white ball you're not so much worried about that ball that you're shooting at right now that's going to go in the hole. You should be worried where the white ball is going to be laid for the next shot, not that. If you're only worried about that shot, you're probably not going to get your second shot. You're always going to worry where that white ball is going to land for your next shot. And that's the way I've always looked at my career when I've, when I've done my career, going, well, I'm working on this now. What's the next move to keep this thing and to keep this thing going? And when YouTube came around, I heard your friend Lindsay Sterling do very well on YouTube. She still is. She's a huge star now. She plays the violin and she's got amazing videos. And um, I saw what she did with YouTube. And so when my YouTube partner, Seth Leach, uh, approached me, I never knew him before then, said, hey, we should do some work together. The magic's great, but no one's watching your online stuff. I thought, you know what, I need your help because I don't get the online. Why do we watch this and why don't we? So he, he came on and we started a partnership and a team and that basically took my, my videos viral, you know, everything I was doing. And so I learned how to do that, and I learned how to, you know, so I've always, you never stop learning. You really want to keep staying in any business. I don't care whether it's the furniture business, the radio business, the, you know, magic business, or whatever you do, the lawn maintenance business. You know, you always got to look what's the next thing to keep the business going and why and when and where, you know. And, and that's how you stay in the game, you know. And, and I've always been that person. Even though the older you get, the harder it is to change and learn, you know, you go for it, you know. At least that's my philosophy. And that is awesome. Uh, Murray Sawchuck is our guest here. We got seven minutes here left with Murray. Uh, you know, I'm kind of curious. You know, as as a as a famous magician, and you are, and you you'll always be one of our all time favorites. And like I said, I'm not just saying that because you're on with us. But uh, do you have uh, uh, any um, uh, yearning to be added to like the Magicians Hall of Fame or? have a arena named after you. Is that something that you'd like to eventually have happen? Uh, that would never be. It's really not a goal of mine. You know, my goal is to work and be happy, you know. If somebody, if somewhere down the road, I'm 90 years old, I'm a little, you know, wrinkled up little old man in the corner, and I've maybe done some good in this world and helped a few people out, and they want to name something after me, you know, I'd be okay with that, you know. But to me, that's not really that necessary. I think it's important to keep entertaining people, keep smiling, and keep uh, smiles on people's faces, and that's kind of my job, I think, you know what I mean, and, and pay the bills, you know, and if my name ends up on an arena or a theater one day somewhere, um, then that'll be a nice feather in my cap, but uh, but it's definitely not a goal, you know, but, but it would be nice down the road, I guess, if I did something that helped somebody else or at least, you know, got them to, you know, do something in the arts, you know, because I think the arts is something we always got to keep pushing, 
you know, from music to acting to painting to anything. Uh, I think we got to keep that alive because there's a lot of towns and countries and cities that sometimes want to shut it down. And I think for our kids, we got to keep it alive. Uh, Murray Sawcheck is our guest here. we got five minutes here. We're kind of winding down. Uh, we will uh, let you go ahead and do this. Uh, if our fans wanted to check you out and follow you, uh, I know you mentioned it before, but we'll have you mention it again. you got a Facebook. you got an Instagram. you got a Twitter. you got a YouTube. you got a Twitch. you got a GoFundMe. What do you got? i got everything. You just Google Murray the Magician or Magic Murray. You'll see everything that comes up more than you even want to see but you can see my website which is murraymagic.com you want to go on youtube it's magic murray um and that's my youtube channel you know i got a facebook which is you know murray the magician um so we got everything out there so check it out my instagram is usually my full name which is murray saw chuck uh, or i got magic murray i got them both you know so i'm out there i'm pretty hard not to find you know so um so go out there and have a look and you'll find me and see what i'm doing you'll probably get more information than you ever want to get so, but uh, if you're in Vegas, come check me out at Tropicana where I'm at. Or if I'm on the road, look at my dates. I'm on Ticketmaster on my website, and hopefully I'm coming to a town near you, and you can come say hi to me. Awesome. And then, uh, you know, you'll always, uh, you know, I, I want to, I, I plan on getting out to Vegas uh, within the next couple months. My uh, father wants to go out to Vegas, and uh, he wants to, he wants to see some of the stuff, and, uh, you know, hopefully when we're out there, we can come see. You. I'll let you know, and hopefully uh, you'll uh, you won't be on the road. Uh, and uh, you know, maybe you can uh, uh, have my dad participate in one of your uh, audience part. Do you do a lot of audience participation? I do a little bit here and there, depending on what show and what I have in the show. But yeah, there's always something that helps me in the audience, two or three people, and that. So, you know, you guys are always a guest in my show. Let me know when you're in town, and if I'm here working, which I. I'm sure I will be. Uh, we'll put tickets in for you and your dad. Come see the show, and hang out, and I look forward to meeting your father. And Mary, before we let and, you go uh, here, before we before we let you go, there, I want to prank my coworkers by doing like a common magic trick. Any suggestions in mind? Oh my goodness! Um, why don't you just um, have one of their doors open uh, and crack it open, and then put saran wrap uh, through the whole door. So when they open the door to walk through it, they get hit with all the saran wrap. Beautiful. Thank you, sir. There you go. That would work. Don't tell and, my uh, real quick here. Uh, Murray Sawchuk here. We got uh, we got uh, two minutes here. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, now, when someone uh, comes to see your show, you always do different shows. You have uh, a bevy amount of tricks. Uh, what? How many different tricks do you think that uh, a fan can expect when they come see your show? Oh, there varies between 15 and 30 tricks, you know, depending on the day and what I'm doing and where I'm at, you know, it all varies. They all blend together because a lot of them have many different tricks within a trick, you know, and also many jokes. So it varies, you know, every show varies and every performance. So. And real quick, one last question here, then uh, we'll let you go. Uh, is there any type of trick that you do not like to do? Uh, I'm not so much into mentalism. You know, where I read somebody's mind and stuff like that, I find it very slow and very boring, but that's me. You know, uh, I like to to keep it moving and really keep it going. I don't like to slow the audience down for a long time just for one reaction at the end. I like to keep it going through laughter and through through things. But mentalism have, have moments where it can be very, very slow, you know. So, But that's just my own opinion. You know, some great mentalists out there, you know, but it's just I find that type of 
performance or trick um, is, is, you know, you got to have a lot of patience and a lot of waiting for a big punchline, you know. And, and so, yeah, that's the type that I'm probably not as into. And I'm definitely with you on that because uh, a lot of people said my one-track mind is derailed, but that's a story for another time. Uh-huh. You know, I'll tell you what, Trey, you, you've been awesome. Uh, we thank you for joining us, and uh, uh, hopefully when I'm out in Vegas, I'll get to meet you. You've been awesome, and thank you for taking time on your schedule, and uh, we love you, man. You're awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on your show, man. Real honor, real pleasure being on your show, and uh, when you're out in Vegas, hope to see you, man. So you have a great uh, rest of the week, all right? Thanks, bud. All right, take care, buddy. Murray Sawchuk. Murray Sawchuk, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest in Vegas today. Uh, Now, remember, join us next week uh, for another great uh, three-guest show. We have uh, the best in the world. We have uh, Nikki Nikki. We have uh, Joey Gayton. And uh, someone else that's slipping my mind right now. I, uh, I'm just David so excited. Smith. I can't remember. David Smith. Yeah, right. Icon David Smith. David Smith, that's right. So uh, join us next week. It's going to be big. It's going to be fun. Don't miss it. We're here. We're not going anywhere. Yeah.